0: Hello and welcome back to this episode of High Yield Podcast of Medicine. This episode of psychopharmacology will turn our attention to opioid analgesics and their agonists with different potency as well as mixed or partial agonists and finally we discuss the antagonists. What we discuss in this episode will function as the foundational knowledge needed to address the opioid use disorder in our discussion of substance use disorder series. What are the opioid receptors? What you know is there are three main opioid receptors that are mu, kappa and delta but I would like you to know that there is a new family called nociceptin orphanin receptor. What is the common response of all opioid receptors? Analgesia. What are the levels of analgesia exerted by activation of opioid receptors? All three receptors are associated with analgesia at spinal and supraspinal level. Mu receptor function also exerts peripheral analgesia. In addition to analgesia, what are the other functions associated with Mu receptor? sedation, euphoria, physical dependence, pruritus, respiratory depression, GI dysmotility, bradycardia and release of prolactin and growth hormone. What are specific functions associated with kappa receptor, meiosis, diuresis, dysphoria and psychotomimetic function. What's specific about delta receptor, modulation of mu receptor function as well as antidepressant effect. What are the functions of nociceptin and orphanin receptors of opioids? They are anxiolytic and analgesic. Now let me provide a simplified way to memorize the opioid receptors function. Remember all are associated with analgesia. Delta as letter D indicates is associated with antidepressant function and also regulates mu receptor function. Kappa mediates dysphoria and therefore psychosis as well as meiosis but also is associated with uresis and mu receptor is associated with almost all other functions including euphoria as in mu and dependence of course when the euphoria is there we have dependence and it mutes the systems it's the suppressant to respiratory gi and cardiovascular systems as well as CNS depression. Now, this CNS depression or sedation is mediated by all but one receptor what opioid receptor function is not associated with sedation? That is delta receptor. What receptor doesn't have any effect on peripheral nervous system? That's again delta receptor. Remember mu and kappa can still work on peripheral nervous system. Which one of these receptors are more strongly inhibited by opioid antagonists such as naloxone? That is the mu receptor. Now in addition to these receptor actions, Opioids are also associated with one other important function. What is it? They reduce several neurotransmitters release how they mediate this function. They mediate it by presynaptic closure of voltage-gated calcium channels. And finally discuss the effect of opioid receptors on different smooth muscles. Opioids are known to increase the contraction of biliary tract including Oddy's sphincter. It's a well-known fact that we try to avoid opioid analgesics in patients with biliary colic. Also, they increase the tone of urethral and bladder muscles, a fact that could be remembered as the withdrawal opioids being associated with increased urination. However, on uterus they have a paradoxical effect and they relax the uterine smooth muscle and therefore if you are asked what's the effect of opioid analgesics on the labor duration the answer is opioids cause prolongation of labor. What are strong opioid agonists? They include fentanyl and sufentanyl family that are also used as anesthetics as well as the ones that start with M such as morphine, methadone, mepetonine. Peridine, hydromorphone or oxymorphone. Then we have moderate agonists, which are also called partial agonists, and they belong to the codeine family, such as oxycodone and codeine itself. And finally, we have weak agonist propoxyphene. To what? Group tramadol belongs tramadol belongs to partial agonists. Now just a quick question from basic pharmacology do you remember what's the difference between a partial agonist versus mixed agonist antagonist? Partial agonists such as codeine family or tramadol are the ones that bind to the receptor but produces smaller maximum effect at full dosage when compared to a full agonist. However, mixed agonist antagonists, in this case of opioids, are the ones that function as agonists for certain opioid receptors while functioning as antagonist for the other opioid receptors. Can you give examples of such agonist antagonists Yes, remember buprenorphine, butorphanol, pentazosin as well as nalbufin for example buprenorphine is kappa antagonist while it is mu agonist true or false classification of full agonists based on strong moderate or weak agonists is based on their potency that's false even though we said moderate agonists are the ones that are partial agonists it's mainly based on their analgesic effect Now while we mentioned inhibition of neurotransmitter release is achieved by closure of presynaptic voltage gated calcium channels, what is the effect what's the effect of opioid receptor activation at the postsynaptic level? They open potassium channel resulting in hyperpolarization. The phenomenon is referred to as inhibitory postsynaptic potentials. Now discussing the metabolism or pharmacokinetics of opioids, what is the general route of their metabolism? Most of them undergo hepatic metabolism and most of them them are eliminated by renal excretion. Describe the metabolism of morphine. Morphine is metabolized to a glucuronidation conjugation reaction to morphine glucuronide that has not only an analgesic effect but also excitatory function. Define the metabolism of codeine. Codeine is demethylated by cytochrome P2D6 into an active metabolite that is morphine. Why morphine demonstrates variable analgesic effect in different people? Because the metabolism of morphine by demethylation in cytochrome system has genetic polymorphism. Discuss the effect of cytochrome enzyme inhibitors on the analgesic effect of opioids. The levels of most opioids are increased by the cytochrome inhibitors However, the degree of analgesia depends on primary versus metabolite drug. Let me give you an example. You know that codeine belongs to the category of partial or moderate agonists, while morphine belongs to the category of full strong agonists. You also know that codeine is metabolized by cytochrome into morphine. Now, what is the effect of of chronic versus acute alcohol ingestion on analgesia mediated by codeine? This is a very interesting question I designed here for you. You first of all should know that effect of acute alcohol consumption is inhibition of cytochrome systems while the effect of chronic alcoholism is induction of cytochrome systems. The next step is for you to know that codeine is weaker analgesic than its metabolite which is morphine. That said, If a patient acutely consumes alcohol, the level of primary drug, which is codeine, to its metabolites, which is stronger analgesic morphine, would increase and therefore the final result with acute consumption of alcohol will be lower levels of analgesia. On the other side, in the case of codeine again, if we have a patient who has chronic alcohol consumption issues, this would result in induction and therefore, more metabolite production, which is morphine, and therefore it will result in increased analgesia. Now, going on with the metabolism and pharmacokinetics, what is the significance of meperidin metabolism? Meperidin is metabolized to normeperidine that can reduce seizure threshold simply associated with side effect as seizure. What is the clinical significance of this fact? Meperidine is contraindicated in patients with renal failure. Again remember most opiates are eliminated renally and if this drug is metabolized to an agent that can cause seizure but it can't be excreted in the kidneys that means increased risk of seizure. In addition to this, what is another exceptional fact of clinical relevance to know about meperidin? Meperidin is an opioid with atropine-like or muscarine-blocking activity. Therefore, among all opioid full agonists, it's the only one that's not associated with meiosis or biliary colic. Which one of the other opioid agonists are also not associated with meiosis? The weak agonist propoxifen also doesn't produce meiosis. Also, we should remember that the mixed agonist antagonists that function as kappa receptor blocker would logically not cause meiosis why because as we mentioned earlier kappa is the receptor mediating meiosis do you remember which one of the mixed agonists antagonists is kappa antagonist that's buprenorphine now what effects of opioid drugs won't produce tolerance there will be no tolerance to meiosis and constipation in other words these two findings will be present at any level of use of most opioids now, what drugs can inhibit opioid tolerance? It's shown that NMDA glutamate receptor antagonists such as ketamine can inhibit production of tolerance to opioids. Now let's discuss the clinical uses of opioids. Of course we know that they are used as analgesic but what type of pain is usually managed by opioids? While we will discuss the pain management in a separate lecture for now remember we use opioids mainly for chronic severe pain such as the one seen in cancer patients. What type of opioids we use for this purpose, we use strong, full agonists. In other words, partial or moderate or weak agonists are not useful for such purpose. Now, what is definition of opioid rotation when it comes to pain management with opioids? It's maintaining long-term analgesia in patients with chronic pain by changing from one opioid to another without risking of increased dosage what is responsible for such quality of opioid rotation. Partial, incomplete cross-tolerance that exists between different opioids. In other words, because the cross-tolerance is partial and not complete, we can rotate between different drugs when we need long-term management of chronic pain. What opioids are usually used in combination with either NSAIDs or acetaminophen, partial or weak agonists? Name three opioid medications with serotonergic function, in other words, risk of serotonin syndrome. One is meperidin, the other is tramadol, and the other is dextromethorphan. What are antitusive opioids? Codeine, dextromethorphan, and tramadol. In other words partial agonists which are codeine family and tramadol plus dextromethorphan. What opioid is antidiarrheal? That's loperamide as well as diphenoxylate. Which one is specifically used for traveler's diarrhea? Loperamide. Which one of the antidiarrheal opioids are available as over-the-counter medication? Loperamide is OTC as it is very low potency but diphenoxylate is usually mixed with atropine to reduce the risk of abuse and it's not available as over-the-counter true or false Antidiarrheal opioids can be used for management of diarrhea caused by shigella, salmonella or other enterics. That's false. They should not be given because these drugs can result in rebound constipation and reduce the washout time of pathogen and therefore increase the toxin level produced by these pathogens. Based on what we have discussed so far, can you mention certain contraindications to use of opioids? We assume in biliary surgeries, given the risk of stincter contraction, opioids should be avoided. In late stages of labor, because of risk of respiratory depression on newborn. In diarrhea caused by invasive or toxin-producing bugs, as just mentioned, also together with drugs that are serotonergic, we don't want to use opioids. Now, there is one other endocrine condition in which opioids will manifest excessive pharmacologic effect and therefore they are contraindicated. What are those endocrine conditions? Addison's disease and hypothyroidism. In both these conditions, opioids will result in excessive pharmacology. And finally, why opioids are relatively contraindicated in patients with head injury. Remember that opioids can suppress medullary respiratory center. This means increased PCO2 level. Increased PCO2 would result in cerebral vascular vasodilation. And this itself means ICP elevation. In a patient who already has head trauma and may have some degree of inflammation in the brain, the last thing we want to do is to further raise the ICP and risk brain herniation. Therefore, we don't use opioid analgesics in head trauma patients. Now, given the antidiarrheal effect of opioids, true or false opioids also decrease nausea and vomiting. That's false. You should remember that opioids are a strong stimulant for, for chemoreceptor trigger zone and therefore they can cause nausea and vomiting. Now, discussing the effects and clinical relevance of agonist-antagonist drugs, one question to ask is what will happen if we give an agonist-antagonist to a patient who is already taking full agonist opioid? Remember, either partial agonists or mixed agonist-antagonists could function as an antagonist if given to a patient who is taking full agonist. And therefore, these patients will develop withdrawal syndrome. Another point about buprenorphine our favorite agonist antagonist drug, is why buprenorphine could manifest resistance to naloxone reversal. Remember, buprenorphine has a very long duration of action while naloxone has a short half-life. Therefore, buprenorphine remains attached to the receptor for a long period of time and naloxone won't be able to antagonize its function. Then what is the use of buprenorphine? Buprenorphine could be used for maintenance treatment, in patients who have not finished their withdrawal. Its partial agonist function will help avoid severe withdrawal while its antagonist will help promoting abstinence. What is the most feared complication regarding the use of mixed agonist antagonists such as buprenorphine, butorphanol, nalbuphine? or pentazosine. The fact that such drugs, especially buprenorphine and nalbuphine, may demonstrate resistance to naloxone reversal in case of their overdose or toxicity with the associated risk of respiratory depression. What is the well-known clinical scenario for this condition and how that is avoided? Imagine a patient who wants to undergo detoxification and maintenance therapy with buprenorphine or nalbuphine relapses and starts overusing these medications given their partial agonist activity to a point that gets intoxication with some degree of respiratory depression. In such situations, naloxone won't be able to reverse the intoxication mediated by the long-acting mixed agonist antagonists such as buprenorphine or nalbuphine. How this is avoided? Most such combinations are formulated to include some naloxone to discourage abuse as inclusion of naloxone would mean immediate development of withdrawal in case of excessive use. So to summarize risk of respiratory depression with mixed agonist antagonists, we should remember two facts. One, they have lower risk of respiratory depression compared to full agonists. However, such possible complication can't be predictably reversed by naloxone. Likewise, tolerance to these mixed agonist antagonists is not as severe as the tolerance likelihood seen with full agonists. And finally, let's briefly discuss tramadol, a drug that's very commonly used. What is the mechanism of actions of tramadol? It is serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor, as well as a weak mu receptor agonist. What's called uses of tramadol? It's used in the treatment of moderate pain, or sometimes as an adjunct with opioid analgesics in chronic pain what are side effects of concern with tramadol, even its serotonin reuptake inhibitor function as well as its norepinephrine reuptake inhibition. The drug has the risk of seizure and serotonin syndrome and therefore shouldn't be co-administered with other serotonergic drugs or should be administered with caution in patients with history of seizure. Now what's the difference between nalmethine and nalbufine? Nalmaphine, similar to naloxone and naltrexone is an opioid antagonist while nalbufine is a mixed agonist antagonist. What is the use of opioid antagonists? Management of acute opioid toxicity. Which one of the opioid antagonists is used by first responders? Naloxone, given its short duration of action and its new preparation that is a nasal insufflation, Preparation makes it a good candidate for treating opioid overdose promptly. Which one of them could be used for detoxification or maintenance programs? Naltrexone could be used given its long duration of action. What is the other use of naltrexone? Naltrexone decreases craving for ethanol and therefore it's also used for alcohol dependence. In general, what drugs are used in maintenance programs? the long acting agonist Mixed agonist antagonist or antagonist, each one of them are good candidates depending whether or not the patient has finished withdrawal or not. If the patient has finished withdrawal, we use naltrexone. Otherwise, we can use either long acting mixed agonist antagonist buprenorphine or full agonist methadone. And final question why opioid analgesics should be used with caution in hypotensive patients? Most opioids are associated with histamine release and therefore vasodilation that can worsen hypotension. And this was opioid analgesics. We will continue this with a specific episode on pain management to be followed by our episode on opioid use disorder. Thank you.